Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports Grill at Erinor. This week we're joined by our latest recruit, Jacob Melling. We take a look at the draw against Melbourne City and brace ourselves for Sydney away. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. How are you guys? That's a good start. The pop filter <laughs> fell off. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. good, thank you. Good. It's not a post-L podcast, but it kind of feels like one. Yeah, it does. It's good to be back. It's a feelings L. Well, you are back, Aaron. How's I'm back. your um Did you recover from Newcastle away all right? I did not have a hangover. I think you did. <laughs> I did not no, have a hangover. No, he didn't. Did. No. No you were a pest on the bus. Define pest. Uh, <laughs> You're a pest at the bar. You had two beers and I then you I spilled a beer. I will admit I spilled a beer. Spilled a full schooner. You weren't too bad at the game. It was only half a schooner. I drank the other half. <laughs> I was going to lick it off the table. <laughs> I was that pissed off when I spilled it. I should have got, got a straw. He wrung out the beer mat over his face. <laughs> there was a place that was sort of rolling towards one side. I was going to sort of position myself under it. But, uh. <sighs> Would have been more enjoyable than that game that night. Anyway. Oh, it was still a good Should have just, just stayed at the bar. The bus was fun. Yeah, should have. Fun. Despite the pest. It was interesting. You know what this is? The uh, Michael Jackson Smooth Criminal. It is. It's some kind of remix. There's weird noises in the background. Oh, it's the, the live... It's a proper video clip, so he's beating up people with uh, pool cues. I think I've got it this week. Um, what is it? Paolo going off his tit at uh, the Delbridge challenge on Blake Powell. What was he saying? Criminal. Criminal. So Powell, Powell got tackled by a smooth criminal. I missed that. But that was uh, that was a dodgy challenge, quite a dodgy challenge from uh, a man who is a big unit. And uh, if you got that sort of a tackle from him, I dare say it would not tickle, and it didn't look like it did. No, not a good one. Probably the easiest. I don't know. There was a little bit of. It took a while to give the red card, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, there was a little bit of conjecture. Over it for some reason. I, don't I know thought why. he was going to get away with it for a second. So, so did I. Because it was against us. us. <laughs> yeah. So did I. I mean, this was like the other week there was a game where they used the VAR in some weird style where the referee didn't uh, go and look at the little TV and he didn't make any sort of a signal, but you could clearly see he was getting some sort of communication in his ear. So I think maybe that happened in that incident as well. See, I'm fine with that. I'm fine so with the VAR just taking a look by themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> just whispering in his ear saying, oh, I've just had a very quick look at this. He came in with his studs up, got the calves, whatever. Yeah, because there was another incident in our game on the weekend where uh, he made the VAR. You're about to blow up here, I think. About the goal. Maybe. Um, it was he, a goal. It was. It was, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the way the way that they used it, he made the VAR signal, but then there was no going to watch the little TV. And But that's that's all right. That's how it should be used. I'm happy with that. Yes. But that's what I'm blowing up about, that the consistency go. is the problem. Yeah. Because in Make Wellington, it, known, that's how it, it took him eight odd minutes while a guy walked over to the sideline and looked on his mobile phone, or something smaller than a mobile phone. I yeah. think it was a Nokia. His HTC and, or and <laughs> Exactly. And then goes back out there and eventually sends off Reese Williams, was it? Yes. yes. 
Yeah. yeah. When and, they, they uh, said that they weren't going to do that. It needs to be inobtrusive so, as possible. Why does the referee have to go all the way over there to look on a mobile phone-sized screen instead of the VAR, just giving the message like our referee got on the weekend, which said, hang on, buddy, even though the flag went up there, that isn't offside, so that's a goal. Because uh, it gets to the point where the VAR might say to the ref in the centre, look, there's something you missed here. I'm not going to make a call on it. It's your call. Now, why doesn't he write him a letter and send it by snail mail then if, I we know. Want, if we want a really slow and laborious it's process? Not, it's not my choice to send do it that Send him an way. email. <laughs> but um, that's, I guess that's the decision behind when he does go over to side. Wellington, eight minutes to send off a guy who clearly needed to be sent off. Our game, goal given within 30 seconds, even though it didn't, I didn't like the way it all went about. At least oh, the, right the goal was given was straight away and, and then it was, it was taken quickly. away. Yes, but that whole process took about 60 seconds tops yeah. within the goal celebration period. Um, the assistant stuffed up by putting his flag up when it was obviously that no yeah, one had appeared well, at the goal. You've got to look at it from his point of view. He can't see um, the, uh, how... Depth how perception yeah, would he, be off. he can't tell how he would have been in uh, Kennedy's eye line. See, to his, to his vo- um, point of view, the players might have been standing right in front of Kennedy. They were both offside. And they might have been obstructing his view, but he can't tell that from his position. To him, it's offside. I guess so. <laughs> Got there in the end. Yeah, that's it's the right more, decision. It's yeah, and it's made annoying. in a way that didn't delay the game for eight minutes. That's yeah. so. As much as I wish the decision went the other way, and had we had no VAR, then we win the game. <clears> um, <throat> then uh, and we get a draw instead. But then I at least, if we're going to have to cop the rubbish VAR, at least do it in an efficient way like that. Yeah, but I mean the the thing with the Reese Williams one, even though it should have been a red card, they upgraded the yellow to the red when two weeks ago they said they weren't going to do that. Same as they had done with Manny Mackay in a slightly different process. Yeah. When so do we need another clarification on how it works or what's happening? No, no, we're, we're busy now. We've moved, we've moved on to um, try and uh, come up with some other furfies like yeah. expand the competition in five years' time mm, yeah. with two teams or change the rules for transfers. All that expansion stuff is so funny. They said, oh, by, by what was it, by 2018 or 2019 we're going to have two new teams. 2018 comes around now. Oh, it'll be another five years. Fools in the glass tower. That's a whole nother discussion, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, a friend has asked three questions, and he's written all in between them. But um, <coughs> I might ask them all. And? Yes. Most of the players and coaching staff have said at one point, confidence is high and we can beat anyone. When does this stop being an excuse? I don't know as an excuse. I think confidence is rather low. It's been low since before Christmas. I think we're confident that we can make opportunities. We keep making them. But not many of them are going in the net. We're clearly not confident in front of goal. No. No one could say we were confident there. I sort of briefly spoke with Power before Newcastle the night before. And uh, we mentioned that, you know, he came on against Victory and scored pretty much straight away. And he said, um, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but he paraphrased. He said, um, yeah, I score in the first five minutes. It's sort of how I do it. And then Newcastle, very next night, should have scored in the first five minutes. Doesn't. Does his head go down the rest of the night? Does he feel like he's unlucky? Don't know. I think I think um, watching him play on the wing on Sunday, I think he confidence was down. Yeah, I think we've we've probably still got confidence in the playing style and that it works because of because of the chances that we create and some of the play we have going forward, but there's no confidence of what to do in the final third. And, I mean, we'll prob- we can probably just snake into our game now, but I wasn't... No, no I, we can't. Why not? 
I wasn't uh, <laughs> I wasn't on the Azdrabal isn't good enough. I'm not going to say hate train because hate's probably a little bit strong, but um, but I mean on the weekend he was just he was so frustrating, so frustrating, and I mean. I think on the is weekend... Is that a lack of confidence or a lack of skill? I think it's like... Uh, I thought it was lack of confidence, but now I think it's lack of skill after yeah. the weekend because, I mean, he just did the wrong thing every time he got the ball. Every time. The one-on-one was... A, one, the big one-on-one was a horror show. It was horrible. And, I mean, that showed that... That was so amateur. Yeah. So, so amateur. That showed a number of things. He hasn't got pace and he hasn't got the composure in front of goal. Anyway, and as we all know, there is clearly an issue with scoring... Do we know how much time is spent on finishing a training? No. Probably no, not, not enough, obviously. I know how much time Azdrabal does. Finishing a training is not the same thing. <clears throat> well, okay. Well, I'm going to bring on... I'm going to bring it into not so much training here, but warm-up. I specifically watched the warm-up on Sunday. We can't shoot. Powell was um, the best out of everyone at scoring goals against... It's no accident that around the world and around the game that the best scorers get a lot of money. And if you look around the A-League, it's no different in our league. Mm. Let's, let's think about it. We've got Bobbo at the front of Sydney. We've got Riera at the front of Western Sydney. We've got Berisha at the front of Melbourne Victory. We've got Keogh at the front of Perth. We've got Absalonson at the front of Adelaide. We've even got Macaroni. Macaroni and cheese. And cheese at the front of Brisbane. Even Wellington have got Kaluderovic. And McCormack. These, Aaron, Aaron McCormack, can I just say McCormack. something? Absalonson is not a striker. Can but I just start? Yes, um, agreed on the rest of them. I'm also going to bring I know, in... Um, I don't know about the strike a bit. I'm not really interested in the term for that, but I'm, I'm going to call it... Oh, you mean goal scorers. I'm going to call it a finisher. Yeah, a finisher. Yeah, That's, yeah okay. I'll take, this I'll was take also mentioned on the forum before last week's podcast. I didn't get a I didn't get look at it, but um, it's basically mentioned there from Big Al. Um, yeah, we've got... He, he mentions, we've gone a strain in our attack and it's costing us big time. I'm going to sort of... I don't know. Disagree with that. I think um, going Australian should be a priority. We don't, I know we don't have many strikers, and that's a big issue. We don't. Australia isn't producing strikers. I think getting DDS was good. Daniel De Silva. Well, could you really say that the last Ooh. great striker that Australia produced was Faduka? So it's been a while. Well, what would you classify Cahill? I guess so, but no one. I don't. I don't think. Oh, I don't think Cahill was go- as good as Faduka. But no, bes- agree, besides yeah. Cahill, like. Has but there been a great striker that Australia's produced? I don't care if we get a years? foreign striker. I'm not concerned about the nationality of the striker. I just no. want one that <laughs> yeah, puts I the ball in the net. I do I do want a decent striker. I don't care where they're from, but I do want that second striker. Leave him on the bench to start with, bring him in. If he can learn from whatever the main striker is, I'm more than happy. I don't mind having an Australian striker. I don't mind if they're not up to speed to start with, but if they can learn from, let's say, a decent Spanish striker, then I'm okay with that. It's frustrating. I'm not angry. I don't think anyone in this room is angry. I think we're just really quite disappointed. It's more when frustration than anger. When we're, yeah. at, when we're at our best, when we play our best game, we are Sydney, we, against Sydney. We are against Wellington, and we can compete with all of the teams. It's almost as if but we play the quality that's being put in front of us. Mm. We beat Sydney. We played really well because we knew Sydney were good and then we draw nil all against Wellington I and think, we sort of play at their level. I think we've had that syndrome for the last two or three years where we stoop down to the level of the team that we're playing. 
and just murders us. We've also had quite a few us. hardships for injuries with our players missing. Yeah. Since since that Sydney game and it started then, Barrow was suspended that night when, as far as I was concerned, Wilkinson earned more yellow cards than him. But anyway, that's just another one of the things that went against us. So Barrow was suspended. The next week, I'm, I, I guess, was when uh, Tommy disappeared or Asdrubal disappeared since then we have never been able to get back to any level of consistency even when we had that same first 11 when we fir- finally got that first against 11 Adelaide. to come back again against Adelaide over the Christmas period there then they looked rusty like as if they hadn't played together which is not I guess not surprising because well, we hadn't. might bring that up down a little bit further um, I do want to discuss something else to do with that but um, yeah I'm, I'm totally with you on that point like we've we've had a rough trot since Sydney, and um, yeah, so showing on the table, you know, getting getting that form back uh, that night against Sydney, who was in great form, DDS was in great form. Um, but to be honest, we look across the park that night, everyone was in great form except for Sydney. Um, but we've never been able to get back to that level of quality, particularly in the final third. Um, you know, we've 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 been competitive in it in most of those games. Well, if, the, if you think the, the first, third. well, the first six or seven games of the season, we scored first and we were up. Yeah. I mean, we're not. We that's probably a symptom that we're starting to see now is that we were scoring goals. We weren't scoring a lot of goals, except for maybe except for the first Wellington on the game. weekend as well. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's like it's, it's weird that we can't. We, we haven't won. We haven't won this so many games because we've scored first. What, Matt? We'd probably I say about saw, 80% of the games we've played. I saw a stat yesterday. We've actually, apart from Sydney, we're second on the table for leading and drawing games. The amount of time we've spent in that position. I did say that too. Yep. Yeah, that's... And that's, that's why I see when people say, oh, oh wherever, wherever it comes from, people say, oh, my morale in the group is high. I don't believe that. Well, I mean, that's what's the most frustrating thing because I think we're probably genuinely one player away from being in the top four. And that's someone that is a constant scorer. I was going to say, that person, though, is probably the most expensive player on our roster. Easily. We've got a couple we can get rid of. They don't exist right now, but that's probably where we're lacking at the moment. What I'd love to see would be a Barisha or a Bobo type. Just a clinical scorer. Because we create the chances. That's the thing that's frustrating, is we create the chances. It's not as if we're not creating anything. You know what? I think we we could create even more chances if we weren't so selfish. Create the damn chances and have a clinical striker on the end of it, and we'd have, I'd dare say, probably ten more points than we have now, if because we, we don't have a decent striker. On the game on the weekend, did anyone else notice how f- um, towards the end of the game, Noel was passing it to Azrable? Yeah, because they noticed that he was shit, and he no, wasn't. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice. You didn't. That. No. No, you watched the replay, probably the last third of the game. They had a few chances to pass it to him. They just held on to it. Yeah, whether it was a conscious decision or not, but if you watched, which they obviously did, if the rest of that game, the way he was playing and just... I mean, every single thing he did... It was laughable. It was laughable how bad he was Every single thing he did was rough. Like, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad and it cost us yeah. three points. And that's why it's Everyone has incredibly frustrating. I know he's been more consistently off. It's under, I guess that's an understandable position. But if you think back, the previous game, we played Newcastle. Were we hating on, on QB because he couldn't finish those two chances? I'm, if we go back another I'm step not, to the previous I mean, game. QB gets a lot of hate. This week's enemy. He gets a lot of hate. But 
I'm not hating on him because he is working his ass off and he looks like he actually gives a shit. And I know the end product isn't there, but I, I don't see those other qualities in Azdrubal. Oh, I haven't seen that there's a lack of effort there at all. Not on the pitch anyway. I don't know what he's like, you know, off the pitch, but... At, at on the pitch, he seems to be scurrying around doing <laughs> his thing. He runs as hard as he can and goes nowhere. But well, <laughs> he does seem to take a lot of steps, but then so does Lionel he honest, Messi. It honestly feels like he runs around the field like a chook with its head cut off, just running around everywhere trying to get the ball. My only thing... And the way that he drops deep into midfield just to get the ball, to lay it off to someone, and but then there's no one there. I like the coming part of it because I think he has linked up well at times with um, our midfield and he's given us some impetus to get forward. But at the same time, when he doesn't... Um, when he when he does come, then the problem is that if he get if we get wide and we then put crosses in, he's not in the six no, no, box. because he to needs to run even further. No, that's just yeah. I know there was one opportunity we had where he put the ball through. I was like, what is the point? But of is it the game plan? Ball to him because he's not going to get it there. But is it the game plan or well that through balls? Yeah, you're right. But if he comes and back to gold. Yeah, that's the best way to use him. Unfortunately, he's not going to get back up into the box to receive the pass again. But is that his instructions or is that just that, you know, is his his instructions to involve himself? I guess we need the the winger on the other end of the, on the other side of the field to get into the box for him instead. Maybe. He can't even make it back to the D. (laughs) We've tried some interesting things up there though, that's for sure. We've had different wingers wide... We've had full. We've had uh, wingers tucking in and not tucking in. We've had one tucking in, one not tucking in. We've we've done it all. That's, that's something I wish uh, Lockie was doing more. Uh, inverted, because he's, yeah, I wish he was cutting back in a bit more. Which he probably brings to, us actually. He's right footed. Should yeah. we answer the third question? Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say he does Segway. that. In, he he Segway. does that in the youth, um, but not so much. No. In the first team. And I had to wonder whether that was an instruction. I hope it's not instructions. So I had to wonder. I hope it's because that channel was shut down. Well, anyway. It, it had, he had um, Atkinson <coughs> was on him, so and Atkinson played pretty well and shut him down most of the time. So yeah. I think... You're well, running the set pieces. pieces. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Wales, uh, set pieces. Has who lost his set piece job? He oh, should have lost the job in the bloody second round. They've been god-awful the whole season. Before recording, Morrow and I were having a go at each other about this. Well, we know, no, one dis- no one agrees in here. Well, you three probably agree, but I don't, I don't feel... That was a I criticism of last to. week as well. We'll get on to that later. Oh, well, bad luck. Now, his crosses, I've been saying, I said to you earlier, uh, about seven games ago, he just completely lost the plot. He was going deep for every cross, going straight out. Or and it was then, not getting, getting past the first No, man. no, no, that was two weeks later. Two weeks later, I think he tried to correct it, corrected it too much, kept going too short, and then another two weeks after that, it was one or the other. Do you have a line chart for this at all? Yeah, and then <laughs> I'm going to say that probably uh, one one or two per game might be in the right area-ish. Well, I'm going to be a bit more airy-fairy than that. I'm going to say that up until about two or three weeks ago, without analy- over-analysing every single free kick that had ever been taken, <laughs> then I was reasonably so satisfied with our kicks. free kicks. I'm talking corners. And our corners, set pieces, we'll call it that. Are we watching the same games? In, in the last, in the last uh, 
month, though, I started wondering why we don't uh, do what we did early in the season and let Tommy yeah, yeah, yeah. take some. I've been because, saying yeah, that the whole bloody season. Put Tom on set pieces. Remember yeah. the first round? But yeah, I can't. but you the weren't here for the discussion earlier. But Wait. I can't. Um, the first round, Tommy was on set pieces, and there was probably four corners. We had about four corners or something in a row, and all four were on the money, and yes, we think we nearly scored off one. We have an idea why that might be the case. Well, the concern might be if it's his right hamstring, then taking set pieces could be dangerous for the injury and maybe that's what's going on because, you know, regardless of the line that you draw about when Hull wasn't taking as good a free kicks, whether it's seven weeks ago or three minutes ago, we have other options and we didn't try them for reasons that didn't make sense and to some extent that made it look a bit obvious when um, Walesy could put in a couple of beautifully consistent ones right in the money. Um, then we liked the look of that because we hadn't seen it for it. Yeah, my theory is that we're saving Tom for just general play. Like with um, well, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, because I don't know. It is when you try to whip in a ball, it does put a fair amount of impact onto your hamstrings. And if he's got a hamstring issue, then you wouldn't want to, um, you know, tease that out. Yeah, I think Hull's lost his set piece duty and he's lost his spot. 100%. 100%. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So I'm a bit 50-50. Like I, 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 I mean, I, I love Lockie. I love Lockie. And so I hope he keeps on starting and he keeps on playing. Like, I mean, the four of us have watched him for the last probably the two, three years, if not more. Like, yeah. Um, ever since he's gone into youth and come through the academy and all that sort of stuff. And, I mean, we were all talking amongst ourselves at youth uh, when youth started that we thought he wasn't probably in the best form. When he was, he in hasn't youth. been performing at youth. He wasn't playing that well. We thought, um, and but do you think it's because he thinks he deserves to be? No, I don't think so. Team? My theory behind him maybe not playing so well for youth is that he's been training with the first team for months now, so he wouldn't have been training with the youth boys, and I think maybe that maybe had some sort of an impact on it. So I think he maybe when he was playing for youth, he thought maybe he wanted to be back still training with the first team. Maybe. I yeah, don't know. It's, it's, yeah. you know. It's just a theory. So when And he's playing for a contract as well for the, he is, for the first yeah. team. And I mean, when he got picked to be on the bench for that game and I thought, oh, that's a little bit surprising based on his youth form if that's, what's, if that's what Paolo's been watching. But he's obviously been watching him at training every day because he's been there full time. So that's what mm-hmm. he's sort of basing that on. On the weekend, obviously the last couple of weeks... When he's played, I think he's done pretty well. Obviously, he's got an assist. Um, I think his general play's been pretty assists. good. Yeah, he's got three um, on the weekend. Obviously, his first start, he made a couple of mistakes, which is going to be obvious. I mean, there was a couple of times there he got yeah, caught offside. We expected it. Looking across the line, um, a couple of his balls into the box, which, to be fair, but with his left foot, I think a couple of them went straight out. But those sorts of things are to be understood. But I mean, I think his general play was actually. Pretty good. I mean, he he like he held the ball pretty well. He won it back a couple of times, and obviously the set pieces that he put in were what we've been waiting for for the last month, if not more. It's not a point of really trying to aim for a certain person. It's aiming for a good spot that's going to be dangerous, and that's what he did with the free kick and the corner. It's just get it into a dangerous spot, and then you have. Delbridge make a mistake, goes off the crossbar, and then we score. It Same also thing with the corner. is a little bit the shape of them, though. 
Yeah, because they were really and how nice he gets shape. It's like not they, they land on the edge of the six yard box, which is always yeah. dangerous. You want to confuse the keeper, the keeper, have it nice yep. and hard so he can't just walk out. It's got to be low it and swinging. Yep. It, can't, love, it can't be floating. I yep. love Monty, but it's not a Monty corner. His oh, yeah. corners were yeah. rubbish. They were. They were yeah. just floaters. You never, never ever float in a corner unless you go into the top of the eighteen for a bloody volley. Never. Lockie, Lockie did the did. You can did put him to the back post and get the headed back. Lockie did set pieces. How you supposed to do him is just whip whip him into the box with power. Put him out. Put him on the. Penalty spot or the six yard box, and allow your teammates to get something on it. Yeah, because yeah. so if I mean, you put power on it, the less power the uh, attacker needs to yeah. generate. Yeah, I think I think Lockie's earned his spot for this week, as opposed to Hull. Could be true, but I'm going to go with the question because the question is asking us whether or not Hull has lost his job, and I reckon it's no, it's the I context so. of the question is around Lockie Wales. I think Hull will come straight back in, even so though I, I pro- probably don't agree with it. The does Wales need more time to develop? Yes, I think he does. That I'm concerned about. I always bang on about it in these forums about how the youth players, that when they are about to make it to the next level, it's not getting to the next level. Many of them can step up to the next level for one game, especially one that's their first one at their home stadium with their family there, their friends there. They're that excited. They're running on you know, cloud nine. Um, but to do it consistently, that's the next thing for a player like Lockie to learn and I hope he can do that but I find it difficult to believe that Paolo will think that he can immediately do it. That's why I think you start him this weekend given the big test and if he really fails then go back to the bench or and, go back to training. And probably but. there will be a version of that that's what Paolo will do but if you think back we didn't quite understand why Kai Rolls lost his spot mm. and I think it's the same thing that you just have to be quite careful about how Stagger you, it? Yeah, yeah, you can't just throw him in too deeply and given that Kai had been thrown in with three minutes warning, then I reckon we were protecting him and I reckon we'll protect uh, Lockie. Yeah. You don't want to I, smash think, a, um, I think Hall will come straight back in because we're playing Sydney. You don't want to smash yeah, a, a youngster with loss, 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 loss. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. We drew him. We didn't lose. <laughs> you make well, a point. It feels two, like two, a out of, two out of the three games that he played have been draws, so... It's a decent record to start. Yeah, have three games, two draws. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Right, that's the end of Fred's question. Finally, Um, topics. (laughs) (laughs) Good question, Fred. Yeah, all three of them. Uh, There's a new screen going up. We found out uh, today. It was put up on Facebook. New screen. Apparently, it's. Have they said twice the size? Isn't that what they said? Twice the size. I think so. Size matters, Lauren. I don't know if Lauren still listens to this or not. So it's supposed to be ready for the Brisbane game next Morrow week. checks his Facebook page. That's what old people do because our memories are a bit... And they're also doing the speaker system on the east and west. Replacing Later. the old speakers with brand new ones. Temporary screen being removed. Finally having a new one. Yes, new screen installed. It'll be double the size of the old one. I find that hard to believe. We'll have to find out if it's the old one, which means the temporary one or the old one. It'll be ready the for the one. game. It'll be ready to go for the game on the 27th of January. Then in the week shortly after, we'll be adding in speakers along the North Concourse. That is going to be annoying. Well, it'll also, it will, though, mean that if we wanted to, we could actually put an something anthem? over the audio system that everyone we could in do the stadium anthem. could hear, such we as could, the we fire could, alarm. We could, do the, uh, we could do the RBB <laughs> and pipe the chants through the speaker <laughs> system. We can finally do Yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Mark Dwyer's going to up his game now. <laughs> Ground announcer. Um, right. Who, who's going to be the first one to go, Aloisi or Kenny Lowe? Paul Ocon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Craig Moore today. Kidding, uh, kidding, yeah, kidding. Craig Moore was on from Brisbane, so there's obviously some stuff going on up there. Um, 
Well, there has been stuff going up there for the whole season. You might have yeah. had enough of the two Aloisis. Probably. Yeah. I, would, I would get sick of Ross too if I had to coach with him, work yeah. with him. I've said Aloisi from the start of the season. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that. But Lowe is a quick contender do coming you, up. Do you reckon Kenny is like the Arsene Wenger of the A-League? Yeah. Has so many poor results, has had... I don't know. He's starting to get just a bit more crazy. The public doesn't like, just doesn't get sacked. Yeah, just quietly. I think I fingers a lot of things, but he has a game plan. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Kenny, it might be ten Copy years paste. out of date. Yeah. <laughs> Vengers might have a ten year out of date game plan, on but it. he's still got one. <laughs> no, the the craziness of Lowe is starting to get a bit more out there, isn't it? Well, he likes to abuse yeah. his players and. That kind of thing. How funny was it when he was swearing and he got the yellow card and he came up and said, oh, I was just swearing at myself. Like, <laughs> what? But when Why the, would you uh, be swearing at yourself? When your CEO says he can't go, can't go to a public event and then goes to the gym in, uh, was it office clothes, wasn't it? Yeah, he's Perth Glory uh, Polo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Match made in heaven, maybe. Cla- I don't know. Classic Perth. It's pretty yes. common to be abusive for coaches, so, um, you know, maybe we're misjudging, Kenny. I reckon they should probably just succeed and make their own comp. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to live in Perth, that's why he's there still. Under 23's performance so far in the useless comp. One win, one loss. Um, beat Syria 3-1, lost to Vietnam 1-0. Yeah, we lost to the powerhouse Those, uh, Vietnam stats were very Mariners-esque. Oh, yeah, 75% <laughs> possession, wasn't it? I think there was more shots... More shots on target. Everything. Still lost 1-0. Goal was scored by Ho Chi Minh. <clears throat> um, Daniel De Silva's been playing all right. You got an assist within eight minutes of the first game. Came on with, I think, about 20 to go in the last one. So, Trent? He had an, assist, an assist in the first game, Let's move he? on. Um, What's with the pitches over there? Like it's all The grasslands. What sort of, you know, there's some green on there, but it's a lot of brown. Anyway, <laughs> that was not me. Inflatable day is coming up, twenty uh, seventh. We'll have some more information about that. Get your inflatables ready. Bring them to the bay. A lot of fun. Throw them to each other. People will scull off the. What are you pointing at? There's a there's an inflatable palm tree right there, buddy. Oh, there is in the next yeah. room. That was uh, yes. what was it? Uh, if you Maybe bring an inflatable, an inflatable bloody crocodile, you, you can do a crocky. A yeah, you need to, you can, oh, I had to throw that out. Skull, do a skull off the crocky. That was disgusting. <laughs> it was in my bag for a while and I had to throw it out. It was, did oh. it stink? It did. <laughs> um, speaking of the bay, Yellow Army might not have appeared to be there on the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't the best, was it? No. Well, when we rocked up and the wind was blowing from the south, um, it's just we knew even if we did sing, it probably wasn't going to get a herd. So pretty much, um, I don't know the mood in the bay. It was very, uh, very pessimistic bay. E- even when we were two to one up, it still felt like we were losing, which was weird. Well, everyone could see. I think we're we just picking up on the game. Yeah. yeah, like, and don't forget, everyone else in that stadium has vocal cords too. I was, you know, it, what? it does annoy me when people say, "Oh, where's the yellow army?" Where's the when you when they're the the people that sit down every every week and don't contribute. Ten if minutes into the to, match. If I've you want to come over and contribute, please do. Ten minutes into the match, I made the decision to try and, you know... Get the drum? I, I want, no, I wanted to see... Scare how, the shit out of me no. with the drum? Yeah, I did that once. <laughs> I wanted to see what the rest of the general public was going to come up with. But they do nothing if we don't do... They besides, did. who do we sing for? No, we'll see. If, if the game is pumping... 
and we're attacking quite well, then they will, will they will do Mariners Cup Cup Clap. They would be more inclined to get into it. So we weren't the only ones feeling flat. I think the the loudest the crowd were was in the 90th minute when we were playing around with it at the back to waste time when it was 2-2 and we're playing against 10 men. The crowd were... I think the crowd... I pretty much heard, what the hell are we doing? Attack them. Where we got a men advantage. They're more we're, at home, we're at home. Why don't we try and win the game? No, but seriously, if if we're being quiet, uh, I think it's time for you guys to step up. Just my thought. Fair enough. Thoughts, Mo? I tried, but no one in Bay 40 appreciated it. <laughs> Sit down, shut up. So that's the problem. <laughs> we're not there for your... I'm not, I'm not talking to you directly, Mo. I'm talking to the people around you. We're not there for your entertainment. Really? And I think it's about time people realise that. Shit. If you want to criticise us, come to the bay, try your hardest, and if it's not working, then you can criticise. Say it to my face. Can have to talk to Sean about that. That's why I bought my membership. What? <laughs> you wouldn't come down with us. Too happy chewing Great on your Great entertainment, mate. Now, if, we, if we were entertainment, we'd be, be we'd be get we'd be getting paid to do. Yeah, it, which we, we, don't. we don't get paid to be there like someone else. Anyway. Um, the fitness coach, Balder Berkmans, apparently was um, berated. Mara, you heard something about that, didn't you? Oh, just some stuff on the Facebook page, which I didn't read until just recently, because after uh, what feels like a loss, I never go near the Facebook pages. Because <laughs> oh, mate, you've got to go dive oh, yeah. in. Oh, every now and then I'll go I in don't want to be a bit more of a source depressed. of amusement. I literally but, uh, don't want to be more depressed after a game when reading those damn comments. Mm, yeah, well... Let's just say that what what was being suggested about our fitness was not what I saw. The guys are fit. Maybe overworked a slightest bit in the Australian summer. Maybe that's all I can sort of. I figure. don't understand the criticism for Berkman's. I don't think he's <coughs> done. I don't think he's done anything wrong. No, and anyone who was uh, in the team on the weekend who hasn't been playing every week. Oh wait, that's a significant slice of the team probably isn't 100% fit because it's really hard to get match fit when you mm. don't play matches. Well, we had well, Wales and Melling go down with cramp mm. and that's there's obvious reasons for that. That's got nothing to do with <laughs> got nothing to do with the bloody fitness coach. Yeah, so um you know. And as for the as for the uh soft tissue injuries, 3 days between those two games, yeah. two injuries in the first 50 minutes, no surprise. Well, to go to playing from 35 degrees in Geelong and then the game in Newcastle, well, that was a bloody balmy, muggy night as well. So I reckon it was easily still probably 28, 29 degrees at kickoff at 8 o'clock. And I bet the sports science put a lot of players in a dangerous position that night. I know nothing about it, but I know that they are scientifically analysing what the players are doing. And I, I would be willing to bet that there would have been players at great risk that night. So the people to blame are Foxtel, <laughs> basically. Uh, I don't know, actually. This is an interesting one. No, because right. there's a, there's no, 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 no. You always blame the FFA for something. It's well, always the FFA's fault. And I'm all for that. But uh, <laughs> there's, a school, <laughs> there's a school of thought here that uh, part of the problem was yes. we sold that game. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. If we if we weren't in a position where we had to sell that game and some people would say, well, we don't have to sell it, but... We do. I mean, <laughs> if we don't, then we're going to be another 100 Even grand. Even less money. We need the monies. Yeah. We need the monies, people. I mean, if we don't sell that game, we play at home and then we only have to drive 50 minutes up the F3 to play three days later, not play in that heat that was in Melbourne. And then what we would have had to drive from Geelong to Avalon in a bus... 
or maybe up to, all the way up to Tullamarine and then fly home and then more bus time from the airport back to the coast, that is definitely going to I wonder impact. what part, though, uh, venue scheduling has in that because uh, is it possible that that uh, turnaround time would have been longer if we'd played at home because the venue that we played in had certain requirements that meant that it, 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 the three-day thing came as a result of scheduling rather than... Possibly. Uh, so, yeah. I'm, I, I don't know that. I'm just posing yeah, There's that a lot of factors in there, but it's not... It with a stick. Well, yeah. you know, there's a lot of factors to that, but three days turnaround, I, I think there's some things about the summer of football that are a bit... Stupid. 25 games in 25 That's days, people. That's the second fart no- noise we've had. That one I was responsible for. Now, continuing on the tradition of um, annoying more people than now? ever before on this podcast. Who now? You can do this one, mate. I don't even know who we're annoying. The three letters up here. Oh. oh. Why do you guys always want me to annoy the OSC? I'm a, ma- I'm a member of the OSC. Um, they had the Pirate Day on the weekend, apparently. Um, I didn't know anything about it until I rocked up. Me mm. either. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only reason we're discussing it is because uh, we have a look on the forum, obviously, from time to time, um, and just to see what's getting written on there. And I'm not sure what that post was on. Was it on the podcast? <coughs> no, it was in the um, it was in the match like match, match match day thread. Yeah. yeah. So s- somebody from the OSC posted uh, on the forum, which is ccmfans.net, if you don't know what the hell we're going on about, um, uh, something along the lines of uh, how the club never promoted the Pirate Day um, and uh, they basically wanted people to help promote the Pirate Day. On the forum. um, From the forum and to help get involved. And I think, when was that post done? Was that on game day? It was the Thursday before the game. The Thursday before, yeah. So the only things that we could find the supporters club posting about the Pirate Day was Could be uh, there was one email before in... Their members received a bit of notification about it earlier, early in the season that it yeah. would be on the agenda okay, a pause, few weeks pause, ago. Pause, around pause, pause. Yeah, go on, go on. How many members are in the OC, in your opinion? Oh, it's hard to think that they remain above 100, but they might if they're lucky. Right. So 75 to 100? Well, I've got no idea. But, okay. uh, Out of 6,000 crowd. But so I know that towards the end of my time um, uh, there or among them, then the numbers were dwindling a little. Mm. So how relevant are they? Oh, I think they're as relevant as any other fan. They're not more relevant, if you know what I mean. But at the end of the day, they have to take control. If they want to have a pirate day and it's their pirate day, then you have to get off your backside and be responsible for it. You can't, you know, be saying that the, that uh, we, the club didn't do the right thing by us. Well, why weren't you on the blower to the club? You've got to be in touch. Like the inflatable day, I'm going to exactly. do up a fly and put it up on our exactly. Facebook page. We're going to be proactive about it and we're going to contact the yeah, club. Because they're probably no different than me. I got an email on about the last week of December or something that included a reference to it and a subsequent one on about the 10th from them that included a reference to Pirate Day as well. But I didn't know about it. And the reason I didn't know about it is because like everyone else, and that no doubt includes the club, over Christmas, I'm a busy man, mate. I've got stuff on, not to mention every four days there's an A-League game and a few Mm. youth games and all this other stuff. So a couple of weeks can go by and I don't read my emails. So if you're not picking up the phone in the immediate days before this, in fact, two weeks before this event, and asking the club to start sort of popping something out on social media, then can can you really then win? I don't even expect the club to promote it. I know they don't promote some of our stuff. 
Oh, look. I, Might I be a bit controversial, but... I don't have, the, have a problem with the club promoting it because, personally, I like the Pirate Day concept. I think it's a concept that, for families, is a good thing. I don't know whether or not why I think it's as good as families do, but I'm sure kids think it'd be good. But if it's not supported, it's not much fun, and, and it was pretty pretty grim, the numbers uh, at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, I dressed up one time a few years ago because I thought it was, you know, it was, a, it was a good idea. It was a bit of entertainment, uh, in the bay, it was pushed a lot by the club, but I mean, to have a go at the club for not pushing it when the only post you've done to a wider audience and more than 50 people was three days before the game well, seems a bit silly. I didn't realise that particular post was three days before the game. I'm going to go out and listen. I'm going to have to check it I've and say if it was three days before the game, how about you save the typing time and pick up the phone and call Sean Mellicamp and have a conversation with him about it? Because or create a whole new thread so it doesn't get buried. Exactly. I mean, maybe what maybe Sean refused to help them and uh, we're talking the wrong talk here. But um, if, unless they called him, discussed it with him in the weeks um, oh. a- ahead of it and and uh, had it organised, I'm not sure why they would think that the club should be responsible for remembering it and and uh you know it's it's, it's their thing they're Follow currently up, they're currently raising money to build a galleon for the cannon exactly i think that money could go to a much better match day atmosphere um i don't know on what oh look if they want there's, there's a million and one ideas if they want to make a galleon i don't mind the idea of having the cannon in a nice it's in a ding- is it still in the dinghy? No, it's on a, no, it's like on a, a table. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's something yeah. controversial for me to say, but I've never understood the point of that cannon. What, what is the, the point of I'm it? I'm with you on that, mate. I, I like the cannon. The cannon's all right. I it don't just creates some atmosphere. The cannon's fine. I've never liked it. I don't understand what the point of it is. It's apart from scaring out the shit, it's like scaring the shit. Apart out from the, scaring the, the shit out of the away fans, what else is it for? It's like the Portland Timbers. Whenever they score, the old mate hacksaws off the piece of wood off the big log. It's just a little bit of a. Or who's when got, Brisbane score, someone's the, got the, the Liberty fire, Bell. Yeah. The fire it's very pipes. gimmicky. It's very gimmicky, but I don't mind it because it suits us because it's sort of relevant to us. Yeah, that's yeah. why I like it. Yeah, but what sort of boat it's in, I don't really mind too much. But on yeah. the other hand, if a, if a, some kind of cool looking boat that suits the you know type yeah. of style of the cannon can be arranged, I'm all for that. But if this is a, if no, this is we a, need the, to start scoring goals. While I'm while yes. I'm on controversial, <laughs> I still hate. Who do we sing for? We sing for yellow. I always hated it and always will. We don't sing for a it colour. It didn't start off that way. We don't sing for a colour. Someone we sing for our football team. We don't sing for yellow. Someone early on ruined it. Yeah. It just I it, can't it, it annoys it me and I don't like doing that chant because I don't sing for a colour. I sing for a football team. I'm gonna, I'm which gonna annoys me. Disagree with you again. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> What's wrong with this podcast? So much disagreement. Well, this I think I don't know who brought it up recently, but in my opinion, colours are very... They've run alongside football teams. Evocative. More, more, so, more so than anything else. Like Manchester United, red. Arsenal, red. Pooh Brown. Chelsea, blue. Chelsea, blue. Man City, blue. Man City, blue. Everton. I mean... The Reds Everton of Liverpool. Blue. So I think there's nothing wrong with having it as a colour. I just think it started with Wanderers fans having a winch. And, and you think more colour... Whatever. It doesn't. It's irrelevant. It's well, when when they were saying that, I was down. I was just quietly in a corner going, "I agree." Of course you were. Yeah. No. It was originally. I can't remember what the lyrics were, but I came up with something and told the guy to sing that, and he didn't sing it, and that's been stuck that way ever since. I don't mind that it's been stuck and the crowd Jesus get into Christ, it. Christ, you're loud. But <laughs> I'm just a loud person. Stop normally. eating the microphone. <laughs> I'll do what I want, mate. 
Since we're disagreeing about everything, <laughs> I'll see you. In the, I'll see you in the car park after this podcast again. But anyway, but this goes. This goes. See you like. This goes back to a wider point of what is the point of the OSC. The chant. Um, because okay. I didn't see a, how the chant well, related. A, a but lot, back on a, the OSC. A lot of people Originally, that we talk to, they don't know what they're there for. Do you want to? Talk about well, it, I'll mean? tell you what I reckon about what they're there for. You were there at the beginning. Yeah, let's let's again. Haven't we done this before? Yes, yeah, but, but let's just briefly we don't need to do the whole surmise thing. it. What, okay, you can explain it. I know the story, but you can explain it. Why were they created? Well, when we had a certain CEO who probably should have spent more time at the beach and less time at the office. He was here, a greenskeeper. It was difficult to engage with the club. Difficult, very difficult no matter how hard you tried. Wasn't there a story that one time that somebody had to pay for his presence? Was it him or was it um, uh, you had to pay to speak to Turnbull? Is that right? I know I've heard that somewhere You've before. lost me there. I've know. heard that somewhere before. don't know about that. But, but we struggled to get an engagement method with the club, any sort of consistent engagement. So some like-minded fans uh, with Laurie um, uh, as a bit of a guide because he at the time was uh, a big part in this club, we got together and we talked about how we could help the club as fans, as about 15 fans, um, and came up with the idea that we could come up with a conglomeration that allowed the fans to have a recognised official group that could uh, have an ongoing dialogue with the club to improve the fans lot in my understanding that there was meant to be a nominated member that actually got to sit in meetings with the club as well that would be a liaison with the fans oh maybe that was something that was a pie pie in the sky objective at some point but that it was really more of a case that's what it should be well that's a model that certainly you know it'd be nice to get to that point but first of all you'd have to have a working fan conglomeration that properly represented all the fans and so anyway, that's what it was created. So for. that was the point of the exercise, and and there's no doubt that early on that worked. Where it's become more murky, I guess, is when Sean started. People would know that if you want to engage with the club now, if you go down the fence and grab Sean's attention, he'll engage with yeah. you. He'll take your feedback. He'll talk with you about what you want. He'll there's also take the your criticisms. There's Facebook and and Mariners staff are actively engaging people yep. around different forums these days, so there really isn't this big engagement issue anymore. So I don't know whether or not that, that need exists as much as it did in the past, but I think the need changed a bit and I don't think the OSC really changed with it. But anyway, that's just my opinion. And it is all different people to the ones that started it. I think yeah. the OSC has changed. I think they've gone away from the main prerogative of the group. They've changed. They've They've not... Become what they were meant to become. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Oh well, you know, it's a it's a properly democratically elected group. So if you know those who are elected into those positions, they choose the agenda, and you know, people do or don't agree with that direction or that agenda, and and that's how democracy works. So you know, I'm going to cop a lot of hate here, but I find them to be rather exclusive. Well, well, you need to pay to be a member, so they I are think, exclusive. I think it's it, it's well known, and you guys are pushing us in that direction intentionally. It's well known that the reason I'm not as close as I used to be to it is because it was my view that that very thing that the 
charge made it an exclusive group and that the charge wasn't necessary and that there should be another way to find the funds that might have been necessary and that all... Well, they also do a raffle. And that all Mariners members, all 7,000 of them, should automatically be a member of that supporters club upon making uh, uh, joining the Mariners and, and that would then give them a real... Engagement, sort of like ten dollars from the membership that the Mariners goes to the OSC. More like, more like, forget the fee. More like, forget the fee. Find your own funding or get a sponsor, like Yellow Army do, like anyone would do. Um, And if necessary, don't hold events that require you to have insurances if that's what it is that's expensive and that can't be afforded. So that nobody has to pay. There's no exclusivity. There's no us and them because it's all us. Every one of you blokes is a member, which means that you blokes would be members of the OSC if it mm. was under that model. So I mean, but the people who are on the committee at that time and at this time, that's not the direction that they um, think that the thing should go. And I wasn't. I, I fair wasn't. Play to them. I wasn't involved in that at all, but I'm in the same boat as you, is that when it first started, I was a member for the first two, three seasons that that it was around because I thought, oh, I'll help out. I'll put in some money and then, like, hopefully good things will come of it. But then it got to the point where I felt like the money was going nowhere or not going to things that were really... Useful. Useful. Yeah. And that's why I haven't been a member or had... Anything to do with any but of they their could sponsor things a player. for years? Yeah, I mean, they could engage they could with a youth player. As they a could engage with Yellow Army and help to fund some of the tifo that makes Match Day um, entertaining. Yeah, I mean, as a rough blueprint, do some right, violent stuff. <laughs> as a rough some fabric blueprint for a group like that, they should have an elected fan, not necessarily on the board, but. Someone that represents the views oh, of yeah of all the members. So, say even if you charge one dollar more for a membership of any kind, that extra one dollar goes straight into the OSC, and that's their starting bank for every season. But I think the club do that anyway. That's the problem. Well, the, there you the go. If it's a dollar, a dollar for every membership, seven thousand bucks. Straight exactly. Up. So that's straight up, and that money can be put towards really anything. But that one dollar pay for a sponsor gets you. A voice on whatever. Yeah. A vote. A vote. A even. vote for the a, committee. A the direction even. of the club. That is the representative committee. That's yes. What it, that's what, that it, was the that's what it should be. That that's what it needed to grow into, and that's what it's nowhere near. I still... I still and if, we're, if we've pissed you off, write into us. I still Honestly, believe in I'd, the concept. I'd, it's I'd, not going in a direction that I want it to go, mm, but I'm still a member, and I'm still a member because I believe that in a hundred years' time it will have been a worthwhile a hundred in a hundred years. That's time. a lot of years. I won't be here to worry about it, but, but um, it will. Stephen Lowe is still head of FFA. Did anyone read <laughs> Philip Mikulas? It's like that Futurama article the, about the fan conglomeration. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that kind of it mentality. Is, that, yeah. it, it's it's. It's getting all fans to be in, on the same page and to um, have a vehicle by which they can all have a say instead of, you know... Like some of us, you know, are in a position where we get to have a say, we can have a say, we we demand to have a say to some extent, but not everybody does, so anyway. Anyway, I would love... I, I really generally want to hear back from people that listen to this. 
Um, I wish we got more feedback. We had a bit this week. Send us hate f- mail on the forum. Send me hate send mail if you want. Mail. I'll get enough of that. It's not a case of annoying anyone or pissing anyone off. It's just our opinion. No, pissing just, anyone off. But yeah, we're just, just being honest and I think it's a good discussion to have because we can do so much better uh, off the field as a group, um, as everyone in the ground. I think we can do things a lot better and I think that's sort of healthy feedback that people could listen to. It's just it's all about making discussion rather than just continually plodding along um, and not really getting anywhere. Um, yeah, we did have uh, some criticism that we're all in the bandwagon of hating on, um, not so much hating, but, you know, on the Ocon out last week. Um, not, <clears throat> I'm not sorry if it was hard to listen true. to. But we, we don't want Ocon out. We're Like I said before, we're not angry, just rather disappointed. I... He'll so. be he'll be here until the end of the season. Definitely, he won't go before then if things go completely. The contract completely is up haywire. at the end of the season, so I'm really interested yeah. to see what happens there. At, I think he will stay at the end of the season. If we're ninth or tenth, there'll be some serious talk about him going. I think. I would hope that we sort yeah. out his contract situation well before then, because because we're in January. I mean, we're what we're just over halfway through the month now. Where in the transfer window now is the time to be shipping out the players that you don't want, and to be bringing in ones that you do want. Do you Ka-ching. think it's the case of the same thing as last year, where um, Fletcher and McDonald were holding on? They didn't want to, you know, get sign off on the contracts. Yeah, maybe. So that maybe. that same event might be happening right now. We don't yeah. know. Kaching. This is yeah. when it costs money. And, and the you thing about it, out, yeah. the reason why it's not all about, um, you know, whether he's had enough time or whatever, it, he, as far as I'm concerned, there's other aspects to the coach's role that he's done well at. And, um, for example, he hasn't been perfect because no manager is, but his signings on average have been excellent in my mm. opinion. That doesn't mean every signing's been perfect, but he did sign Golic. He did sign Barrow. He did sign Brahma. He did sign Hiarie, DDS. Yeah, and they've all been solid. Azrabal. Yeah. With help from Sainsbury on a couple of those. Even Kennedy. Yeah. That's Glover. Fair. I think That's Kennedy did definitely deserves a shout out. We're, I think, a lot, of think? Us, a lot of us were sort of thinking, why the hell did we sign Kennedy? But now he's firmly entrenched himself as number one. Do you think that it, the fact that he's a former Australian under-23s coach... Has helped him get a few of those players. Yes, I don't doubt that. Yeah, De Silva for sure. Rolls. So how much weight? How much weight do you throw behind his name and his former position? Well, let's come. Goes back to his playing career as well. He'd still have contacts in England. It does. Yeah, and and uh, not only that, he's it's the level of respect that somebody who has that has had that kind of history has. I, I am stuck with it myself because. When I was a young what, fella, then Ocon uh, as, a, as a soccer is captain. I thought you were talking about you. I'm going <laughs> to call him Ocon what now. What sort of career but, have you got? But when he, when he was Ocon instead of Paolo because he was here, then he was, he was one of my Socceroos heroes. Yeah. How, how, what do you do when he then comes here and you've got to speak to him like a human? Hello, Mr. Paolo. <laughs> it's very much an Arnie thing. It's about... <laughs> what voice was that? Players want to come and play <laughs> under him. Yeah, and th- and so there's a whole range of reasons why I think he's good for us. One of those is that he uh, has made us more competitive on the pitch. What hasn't he done yet? Found a way for us to finish more consistently. I'm not sure if he's capable with the current troops, but well, I'm our hopeful. youth squad is exactly the same issue. 
they do seem to be struggling with it, although there are a couple of, you know, up-and-comers, young as they are in that group. Yeah. I like the young fellow who's playing, who played up front for them this year. <laughs> anyway, that's enough. Oh, apart from, okay, back to the OSC for one second. I would probably like to get one of you actually on this show. And we'll chat to you about it and find out yeah, what, maybe what we, the latest is. Yeah, maybe there are things that we don't know and might be, you know. Anyway, moving on. The starting lineup message that we get via text, this is to members. Post it on the forum, post it on Facebook, post it everywhere. It's not that much of an exclusive, guys. It's out basically almost straight away in other places. So. Well, the text message... Gets out probably 15 yeah. minutes before they put it on social media, so, so it's not really yeah. a big deal. So if you get annoyed about that, just honestly, guys, don't. It's pointless whinging about it. Um, I love getting an alert with the um, team in it. I don't want to go and have for to home s- games. Although anyway. what, I would, what I would like is if it was away games as well. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. My right, main thing is games. that you get an advantage either way because it's delivered right to your doorstep as an alert. I don't want to have to go and look for a Facebook post. Um, come on, mate. I like that. Just, I'm, I'm old. I don't want to press buttons. Cheapest tickets for Sydney away. Go if you're a member of, uh, or if you're paying Telstra for services. You are, Moro. Twenty bucks a ticket. People can't hear you. Put your hand up. Oh, they didn't see my hand. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, twenty bucks a ticket, which is probably the cheapest option. So do that. that and get cheap. down there. Yes, and if cheap. you're thinking about not doing it, please do because. PJ Gallagher's before is very fun. Is there you anything? get to meet everyone. The Say bus, hello if you're there. The bus is on too. The club are putting on a bus, so go on to the Mariners website and have a look at that. Is there anything going on with trains? Because the trains have been an absolute... Probably. Debacle. I think there might be a few going up on train. I'm, I'm considering going up on the train. No, no, I mean... Possibly track work. Are the trains actually going to really? do anything all, There's always been track work for the last three weeks, mate. There's always it's bloody track. And they built a new strikes. depot at, at Hornsby, which has caused... Shit new timetable. Yeah. That timetable is a bloody joke. We should yeah. now call this a train football ramble, now that we're having to go at <laughs> Sydney trains. But Anyway, right. Are we done? Good with that? Reviews. Finally, under reviews. Jets Raw, 1-0. Yeah, I'm, sort of, I'm looking forward to playing Brisbane, eh? Hey, because they are not good. They did have a piece in this game. But Newcastle just seems so clinical. They got that Jets got that one goal which they needed, and then the rest of the game yeah. they sort of coasted. Raw, Raw sort of had a couple of opportunities towards the end, but nothing really that dangerous. Dad's army still not good. What Bugard, a Mr. Sitter did but, too. Uh, Pado, anyway. Pado Rodriguez is a fantastic signing for them. Looks really good player. Yeah, um, he's going to be a scary player when he gets into form. Yeah. Uh, Knicks West Sydney one all. Exactly. Victory Perth, 3-2 to victory. I didn't get to watch this one. I saw the second half and eh, I didn't think it was the best game in the world, but it was 3-2, so it must have been all right. All right. Yeah, the A-League of action. Rather even, even, for a th- even for a 3-2, it wasn't the most exciting game in the world. Anyway. Uh, CCM City, 2 or sort of sort of talked about it. It was flat. Again, for a 2-2, it was pretty flat. We were very lacking in the personnel department. <coughs> yeah, I had to keep reminding myself, yeah, look, this isn't our first team. This is probably not even our second strongest team. It's probably our, you know, th- on the way to third. being the third strongest team. Well, we got one of our better players in China. We had Hool and Payne sitting up behind me. Brahma was nowhere to be seen. Um, you know, the list goes on. Josh Rose was up there with them. 
We're missing what seven players? Seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not so, all of those would be first te- first st- team starters like Trent and no. Tommy Glover, but still the disruption is yeah heavy. Uh, the game I thought it was very frustrating to watch. It was because we gave ourselves a chance by scoring. Should Paolo have made more changes earlier on to counteract their going down to ten? This always happens, but it always happens. Yeah, it's not very uncommon at all. Actually, every, is it? Every time a team goes down to ten men. Um, they do seem to step up a gear and sort of get it's on because they know they have to play hard because they're down a man. Yeah, because I, I think we were probably we were pretty comfortable at that point. Look, we went down to ten men the week before. Ten minutes later, we concede. Ten minutes after that, we concede again. Yeah, how do we go? So maybe it just doesn't happen for us. <laughs> yeah, like play against ten men for that long and don't don't score like yeah. that meant like heaps. Yeah, no, it was just it was just a bit it was just a frustrating game because I mean when you throw in all those boys that are out, and then the fact that we get ourselves in front two times, I think Paolo is still probably sort of a couple of the changes that he made were a bit strange. I mean, I think putting on Josh Bingham, who I can't, I honestly can't see him staying for too much longer. I mean, I'm I'm not sure what he brings anymore. Which is very hard for me no. to say because when he was in the youth side, I loved him. I thought he was going to be the next best thing. But it just has not worked out the times that he's had the chance to come on. And, I mean, he's come on not playing in his really natural position. I mean, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't understand why you would bring him on and put him on the wing when you've got Petty Kekaris there on the bench. Who's who, could, who is uh, like for like to come off and the speed he's got, the skill he's got, could have made a huge impact. And they play the exact same minutes. system, so yeah. it should just slot in. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm not sure. I think maybe Paolo might. Maybe looking back on that might make a few changes, but. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Still, are you, are it, you making that sub though to try and win or try not to lose? We were trying not to lose. We went too defensive. Yeah. Way too defensive. When we went up, we should have just. Kept playing the way we were. Just keep peppering that goal and we'll eventually get something. Yeah, but I think he changed things up and made it too defensively. Went too, way too little risk in the last sort of 15 or 20 minutes and then eventually it came back to bite us in the backside. Because Bing has come on for QB? Yes. Because I'm going to say that if QB didn't have an obvious injury, he was... He was limping. Okay. He, he was limping, yeah. yeah. A few of them when were. Come off. Wales was. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Wales had cramp. Melling had cramp. Kuby looked like he'd done something because um, he'd come off pretty slowly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like I said, it's it's hard to get... I mean, at the time, it felt like a loss. It still feels like a loss, but it's hard to get super frustrated because of those other factors at that game with all the boys out and some of those young guys coming in, Melling having his... First start, who I thought he went all right. I was about to say that Melling defensively, I think, was quite good. He went pretty well. But when he had the ball, not so much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's a symptom. Well, he hasn't played much for the team before. So yeah, he's not exactly. So, I mean, and Ajdabal hardly speaks a word of English, so that would make things twice as hard. Because I think there was a couple of times when it looked like he sort of tried to play a ball in through to Ajdabal and he was basically running yeah. in the opposite direction. Exactly, so, yeah. I mean... That comes with familiarity. It comes with familiarity. time. It comes with time. Anyway. So, yeah, it was, it was a tough one to take. 
It was. Crowd of 6253. That's fine. It's more than I expected, to be honest. That's fine, I think. I didn't think it was that much. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I was thinking five. Yeah. But um, I was actually surprised with that number. It was one of those days where it threatened to um, be a horrible day to be in there. Oh, so windy. Yeah. And, and early on in the day, then it looked like it might have even rained. And if that had happened, it would have been windy, rainy and not warm. And that's not... When you're thinking about your day, you're not arranging a football match if that's what you're looking at. So at the last minute or a couple of hours before at least, then the weather kind of fined up a bit. So there would have been one or two people who would have said, oh, yeah, look, the weather's good now. Let's go. But um, the damage would have been done. It, it just yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. So I didn't think the crowd was terrible, but it didn't look like that number. No, and Adelaide managed to keep Sydney to a nil-all draw. Oh yes, mm-hmm. that was well done yeah, by Adelaide. It was. I mean, that shows depth. That they had three depth. youngsters coming in. Yeah, they had a sixteen-year-old yeah. start. I mean. For some of those young kids that they had to do that, that was awesome. And, I mean, it clearly frustrated Sydney. Alex Brosk, I cannot stand that bloke. I can't wait till he retires. He's just, for someone that's a captain, the way he carries on with referees and with opposition, with opposition players, the way he gets involved in every single little thing that happens on the pitch to try and influence the ref. And then he's even, like, having to go at the crowd and, like, trying to sort of get them to sort of bite back at him and he's just a... Once he's a coach, he'll be exactly like Arnie, won't he? He's a complete knob. I can't wait till he goes. But well done, Adelaide. I mean, to hold them to that is probably equal to what we did to them earlier in the season when you factor in some of the players that they had out. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. But they were pretty naughty, Adelaide, because they celebrated. They celebrated hard. Yeah. (laughs) Which apparently Alex Brosky's going to get us back for this weekend, he said earlier today. Who cares what he says? Yeah, I was about to say, here's some care factor for you, Alex. Yeah. Zero. Big fat zero. (laughs) Anyway, that's it. Um, Yeah, get in contact again. Seriously, guys, right back. Love to know what you think. Leave a positive review on iTunes just to balance out that uh, anti-scruntrafold guy. (laughs) Oh, who cares about him? Who? I do. Come on. <laughs> his, opinion, his opinion is about carries as much weight as Brosk's. Everyone wants to know whether or not Sydney are going to scrunch or fold us this weekend. Surely. Oh, my God. Here comes the Melling interview. <laughs> We're joined by our latest recruit, Jacob Melling. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Oh, we're pretty good. Pretty good. Um, now, we've uh, this has been this question. We didn't do this question last week, but it's been brought back by popular demand. Do you scrunch mm-hmm. or fold? I scrunch. Yes. You scrunch. Oh. Good man. Welcome. Teams full of scrunches. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Thank you. Don't have to take the time. Just it's done. What do you mean? It's messy? <laughs> I've been trying to tell these three that for the last two years, and I can't get anything. <laughs> you scrunches are outnumbered by the folders. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and do you keep your sauce <laughs> in the fridge or in the cupboard? Uh, it has to be in the cupboard. Oh my god! Yes, Christ, two from two. Control. <laughs> New favourite player. How good? <sighs> All right. Um, so recently, you made the move up from the Wanderers up to the coast uh, a couple of weeks ago. How have you settled in on the coast? Or I take it you're still living down there? 
Uh, yeah, I'm still living in Sydney, so doing the commute at the moment. Um, the drive's all right. Look, you get a, you get used to it just over an hour, so it's not too bad. But eventually, we're hoping to move up. Um, obviously, you've had some connections with Paolo in the past. Was that the main thing that made you move here, or sort of how did the move all come about? Yeah, look, I knew some of the staff and I knew some of the playing group and of obviously previous playing group as well, and they've always had nothing but good things to say. So for me, it was. Uh, it was another opportunity to hopefully get some more game time. I think which over the past year and a half I've, I've I've lacked and needed to get under my belt and and things haven't always worked out the way I wanted to at the Wanderers and obviously things you need to do something to to try to change that and I think this was an opportunity for me to do that. So for me, I've heard nothing but positive things and I'm just grateful for the opportunity I've been given so far. So what was it like going through that period where um, Tony Popovich made a departure and uh, off overseas and there would have been disruption in the squad and then Josip Gombau comes and there's been some politics around the squad? How did that all play out for you? Oh, look, it's it's always tough as a player because you, you, sometimes you read things on the media before you actually hear them from the clubs and, and whatnot and and for us, it's, I guess it's a bit difficult. You do, you don't hear much until it actually came out. So for the playing group, we actually dealt with it, I thought, quite well. Um, the that Tony, Popovich, Tony Popovich was leaving, and the way we stayed together was quite... It was like, a, you ha- I haven't seen that in another club. So for the boys to be in the same mindset we're in, especially at the start of the season, was something that most teams need to try to work on is obviously things like that happen and and I think that's the, the major key for success is the fact that how close the playing group is. So you played for a few clubs now with uh, Adelaide City and the Wanderers. From what you've seen so far, how does the coast compare? What, what's what's the setup like? Is it different to other clubs? Oh, yeah, look, it's, uh, I think it's quite a young group and they're all quite tight-knit as well. Um, I've just coming there after only I've been there a few weeks now to, to be lucky enough to get an opportunity to, to play with the boys and to see the way that they, they orientate things and they play football is, um, is incredible for especially for quite a young group and to be playing like that and to obviously things aren't going our way with results wise but I think over the next few years that'll come and, and we'll only get better and stronger for it. So you had your first start on the weekend against City. Um, now, to be honest, the result to us felt like a bit of a loss considering the position we were in, you know, going ahead twice and then being a man, man down. How did it feel in the dressing room after the match? Yeah, I guess that, that's what we felt like as, as the playing group uh, after the game. Um, we felt like it was a loss considering that they went down to 10 men and we had a lot of good chances to, to put away the game and uh, that's been what we've been dealing with most of the season especially is with not putting away our chances and conceding late goals and, and that's what happened again on the weekend so for us it did feel like a loss and we were I guess a bit, a bit disheartened and we need to just, just try to put that in the back of our mind and get the three points on Saturday against Sydney. So when they did go down to 10 minutes, it sort of seemed like they got on top a little bit, which um, does happen does happen sort of quite often uh, when teams go down to 10 men. They, they for some reason, seem to get on top. Um, is there anything that you think we did wrong 
on the weekend to not take advantage of the extra man that we had? Uh, look, uh, it's, it's not some, sometimes anything we did. I think we have opportunities to put away a game and put, put the game to bed, and, and that's what we need to work on is to, when we have uh, opportunities in front of goals to put them away, and, and that, that's what's happened throughout most, most leagues. And when you, when you go down to 10 men, the uh, other team always does a bit better with the, with the one man less, and I think that's just a, a concentration thing as well, is making sure you, you do more because the more you, they're going to work harder because they have one man less. So you need to make sure you work harder so you make sure you have that extra man in the shows. And I think that's where a lot of teams struggle is because they, I guess they take their foot off the pedal a little bit. We hear that you have a four-month-old son who I believe is also the Mariners' 7,000th member. Um, how big an impact did uh, his presence have on your decision to come up here to the Central Coast? Uh, look, at the moment, it's pretty, it's pretty easy going with him at the moment. Uh, you can't really do too much. He's still just sitting around, sleeping, eating and everything else. But... No, look, it, the decision for me to move was uh, an easy one yeah, because I, I needed the game time and, and things weren't working out the way I, I originally hoped and planned for them to work out at, at, when I was at Western Sydney. But, that, you know, that's football and you've got to make decisions that see you and your family best off. And I thought Central Coast was the best decision for me and my family. So you've now signed until the end of the season with the Mariners. Uh, is it looking likely that you'll be staying for next season? Is it something that you'd like to do? Oh, yeah, I'd love to stay there. Obviously, I've just got to make sure I keep doing everything I can on the training and playing playing part. And then, obviously, that, that comes to the, up to them and to my agent to discuss what, what we can do and sort out for the coming season. So I can do everything I can on the field and then we'll go from there. Now, I take it you were at West Sydney when the RBB decided to rock up to one of your training sessions. Did it help? Yes, I was. Was it annoying? <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Do we, should we get the, like the, um, the elderly of the coast to come to one of the training <laughs> sessions and rock onto the field and start <laughs> berating you? Oh, look, it, I guess it was, it was a bit different. Obviously, overseas that happens probably a lot more than it does in the early, but... Um, it, it was a bit different in the sense that um, they, they weren't disappointed in the fact that the results weren't going their way. It was more so the fact that they didn't feel like the place was showing any heart. So I think that's what it was, is just they wanted us for everyone just to, to show that they wanted to do everything. It doesn't matter if they lost 5-0, it's the fact that they looked like they didn't care more than anything. So, which one of your colleagues would you nominate as being your most annoying teammate? Um, I'm going to give you a clue here. Is Hooley as much of a pain as everyone else has said? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to actually have to agree with that. Yeah, Hooley is... Under the bus, is He's the one... Yeah, well, he's, well from what, when I've been there so far, he's uh, probably the biggest shit stirrer um, <laughs> out of the boys. He's the one that likes to play... Last play the playing some players, so nah, it's good banter. You got to give him, get him back for not scoring. You know, it's a pretty easy target. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> he can't. He's got frozen boots. 
<laughs> so on the on Saturday night we've got the biggest test that this league can offer at the moment, which is Sydney away. Uh, how do you think we'll go? It, it'll be definitely a tough one. Oh look, it will be, and I think the boys we can't get disheartened. Obviously, with the result on the weekend, we just got to we got to move forward. And the the football we have been playing is very good. We just need to convert it into to goals. And I think if we can do that on the weekend, we're every chance of getting three points. All right, I think that'll wrap it up. Thank you for joining us this week, Jacob. We appreciate it, mate. No, thanks for having me, mate. Good luck on the weekend, mate, and uh, good luck with your future at the club. I hope it works out for you and um, ends up a, a mutually beneficial um, signing for us. Good luck to you. Thanks, guys. I'll hopefully speak to you soon. All right, quick preview time. Raw Perth. I honestly Hurry can't up. tip either of them, so draw. Perth. We, we need Perth draw. to win. Yeah, I'm not going to get back into that. Uh, there's a whole chance we could be playing another bottom-of-the-table clash. Anyway, yeah, West Sydney, victory. Victory. Yep, victory. Victory. Draw. Jeez, you're slow. Jets, Knicks. Jets. Jets. Scum. <laughs> Scummers. CCM, Sydney. Mariners, 6-0. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is anyone else as scared as I am? Or <laughs> well, let's you know, let's be ultra positive. We're going to do this one, guys. Prepare your hearts to be stomped on, and prepare your livers. Two, if you're two, one. No, we're not. Two, one. Sydney. Three, one. Three, one. Sydney. City, Adelaide. City, City, Adelaide. I changed halfway then. Adelaide. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, whether you hate us or not, Josh Howe is on ninety points on the tipping comp. Just Shut let up, everybody Josh. know. I've gone up a place since I stopped. <laughs> thank you to sidelines. Thank you, to you guys. Thank you for the club for letting us use this area. Thank you for listening. We're back next week.